You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island. Hello, I'm Will Gregerson, Community Services Librarian at Warwick Public Library. I've worked in Warwick for 10 years, and I like this city. During my time here, I've met some fascinating people, and I'd like to introduce you to some of them. Today, I'd like you to meet Peter O'Donnell. Hi, Peter. Hello. Peter O'Donnell is an East Greenwich firefighter who lives in the Wilds Corner neighborhood in Warwick. He's the author of four children's books, including the pirate adventure tale The Curse of Purgatory Cove, which won the 2019 Royal Dragonfly Award for Best New Author. He's the writer and performer of the Ill-Advised Stories podcast with funny tales for kids. And his latest book is the picture book, The Merlins Visit the Fire Station. So Peter, you work at the Main Street Station in East Greenwich. You work long shifts and you have busy days and quiet ones. What's it like to live and work at your job? So at the fire department, we, we uh, try to fill the time as best we can, especially in the mornings. I don't know if you've driven by a fire truck in the a fire station in the morning, and you'll notice the fire trucks are always pulled out on the ramp, and you'll sometimes see the ladder truck with it, with it up, and you'll see the lights on. So that's what's called an apparatus check. So they're going through each compartment, each door, each piece of life-saving equipment, and each day you have to check that and make sure that it's up to snuff, that it's ready to go, ready for whatever call comes in. And those trucks are like giant toolboxes. There's a lot on there. So it's a lot of time that you spend, probably a good two hours it takes to check a truck from front to back. The other thing that we spend a lot of time on is training, which is in the picture book. That's why I made sure the training, the training room is in there because we're also EMTs, which every two years we have to renew our licenses. We have to, the Rhode Island state protocols that we work off of are always being updated. So it requires us to stay on top of that and make sure we know life-saving techniques, know how to use any new equipment and medications. So many medications we're responsible for. Um, at night, on the night shifts, we, uh, I'm sure you've seen it in movies and whatnot, where you see all the guys sitting around at the dinner table. And that's also a very important part of the job because to build camaraderie as a shift, to make sure that the people that you're sitting down with are the ones you're going to be into ter- going into potentially terrible situations with, you want to make sure you all get along and that you know each other. Uh, it's very important because you're going to be spending holidays with them, you're going to be spending weekends, and they're, they they have to have your back. It's uh, firefighting is a team sport, and that's why I love it. But it's important to make sure that that team is cohesive. Do you have a specific role in the fire department? So I am the driver and pump operator for Engine One on Main Street, which means I'm the one that gets us to the scene. Um, I'm also the one that's responsible for pumping the truck. So you try to keep a pump operator at the panel the whole time when you're operating lines. But when you have a small department like East Greenwich, it requires you to be very adaptable. So I could uh, potentially be on the rescue for quite a bit of the day as we transport people to different hospitals and whatnot if they need an extra hand in the back. You know, it's it's a constantly changing and adapting job. So while I have that specific role and that's my responsibility, you have to do whatever is necessary. In your book, The Merlins Visit the Fire Station, You list the kinds of emergencies firefighters go to, including medical incidents, car accidents, boat accidents, broken bones, and house fires. Firefighters do a lot more than just fight fires. 
Should you guys have a different job title? Well, I love the title firefighter, but it definitely doesn't cover everything that the job does. And that's one of the important parts with this book is to educate people about what firefighters actually do. Um, some of these incidents, the term first responder really kind of works better for some of it because you could have things like gas leaks. We've had things like bomb threats. We've had, you know, people off a of Connecticut point that keep trying to go swimming there, despite the fact that's posted, don't swim there. Um, you respond to so many different situations and oftentimes those situations will require a more specialized response than what the first responders are capable of, what the firefighters are able to do at first. But what we do is we stabilize the scene and we try to mitigate that disaster before it gets any worse. Then we can call in those extra units, the hazmat team, the, the bomb squad. And uh, once we're there to stabilize it, they kind of take over and we, we assist. But we're always there. <laughs> How did you become a firefighter? So my degree is journalism and my first love has always been writing. I went, to, I went to school for journalism, and I have a degree in it. And the first story I ever had published was in third grade in a collection of children's stories about a purple space monster or something like that. But as I was in my journalism ethics class with a wonderful teacher named Wendy Waite, she was talking about having to go to people after a terrible incident, having to talk to the families and get the interview. And that was the moment where it kind of occurred to me that I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the person afterwards. I respect journalists and what they do, and I think it is extremely valuable, especially nowadays. But I wanted to be the person that was actually there helping that family. I wanted to be the ones that showed up in the middle of the night to, 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 to take their child to the hospital if need be, to do CPR, God forbid, if that's what, what is required. And it, it wasn't a far jump for me because I have a lot of family that's on the fire department as well. My, my brother is here in Warwick. He's, he's been on over 20 years now. I have a cousin that's on Newport. He's got 26 years. And then the generation before us, some of our second cousins and whatnot, also were in the fire service. So it's sort of, uh, it's sort of the family trade a little bit. As a firefighter and EMT, service is important to you. How does that affect the way you care for people? Well, the idea of service is something that I try to carry with me all through my job. Um, this past spring was the first time I ever had to call 911. It was for my own family. My daughter, my 10-year-old, fell off the deck and knocked out her two front teeth, and she cut a giant hole in her mouth. And within five minutes of calling 911, Warwick Rescue was at my front door, and they took great care of us, and they took our family up to Hasbro. And, you know, as... As I go on calls in my own town in, in East Greenwich, I try to keep that in mind, that idea that these people are, this is somebody's mother, this is somebody's grandmother, this is, this is somebody that you want to care for like they're your own family. And I think a lot of firefighters carry that into the job. So it's, it's really important. You always wanted to be a writer. Having children changed what being a writer means to you, and it turned you into a podcaster. How did that come about? So I have my first novel, The Curse of Purgatory Cove, which is a, a pirate story about a paper boy that meets an old man claiming to be a pirate cursed to live on the land. Uh, I was writing about the fifth draft of it. This book took me 15 years to get to completion. And this was around the time when we first had our kids. So our daughters were probably two and four. And uh, my wife is a, is a nurse. She's an ER nurse. And so we kind of work opposite shifts of each other. 
but that doesn't allow a lot of time for writing. So I was reading to the girls. I was reading The Wizard of Oz at the time, and it got me thinking. If you've only ever seen the film, like I, I highly recommend you pick up the book because there's so much in that series that that's not there. And it got me thinking about the things in our own world that we might not see. And it inspired me to write a magical little tale called Anna and Nugget about a little girl that helps a rock man back to his magical island. And I set it on Jamestown, and the magical island was off of Jamestown. Um, and my older daughter's name is Anna, so she was fascinated by it. But of course, then my younger daughter, Riley, said, well, where's my story? And her nickname was Riley the Bear at the time because when she was tired as a two-year-old, she developed the personality of a grizzly bear. So I wrote a little story about um, a girl who brought a bear back to her house, tempted, tempted it with a donut. Um, and that is what inspired the title of my podcast, Ill-Advised Stories, because tempting a bear back to your house with donuts is certainly ill-advised. Um, as the summer went on, I realized, well, if I write them stories, I get time to write because they suddenly finds what, find ways to occupy themselves as as I'm writing the stories for them. And by the end of the summer, I had a pile of them, like 10 within a few months. It was, it, was, it was a lot of work that came out of me just to keep the kids happy. But I didn't know what to do with them. So I decided to share them with the world. And I created the podcast with the intention for other parents to be able to have something for their kids to listen to. We made it a family project too, which was a lot of fun. So I had the girls, as they got older, read the different characters and I set music to it. And it's, it's great because even now, people are still discovering it, even though it hasn't, I haven't recorded a new one since the fall. But we can go back now, and I can listen to my daughter's voices at that age. And it's, it's wonderful. I, I really enjoyed it. And this is something everyone can hear, and we'll include the, uh, the link to your podcast um, in the show notes. Okay, perfect. Um, the Merlin's Visit the Fire Station is about firefighting and fire safety. Is the book something that's uh, going to help you with your job? I think so. So a big part of our job is also education. Like we go into a lot of schools and we talk to them. So I included uh, a few pages about fire safety in there. And I included a lot to teach people about what the job of firefighting actually is. But of course, as a storyteller, your first job is to tell an interesting story, which I, I hope I accomplished with this one. You've illustrated the book, too. I recognize some of the buildings you've drawn, and the fire station looks like a real station. Is that what the inside of the East Greenwich Fire Station looks like? Yes, it certainly does. It is pretty much nose-on. Even some of the characters that show up in the book, might, you might recognize them if you, if you walk by the ramp. So when I, when I wrote The Curse of Purgatory Cove, like I said, it was set in a fictitious East Greenwich that I call West Harbor, and Greenwich Bay I called Purgatory Cove. Um, that way I could move buildings around and whatnot in the story. But with this one, I pretty much got it dead on. The only difference is Academy Field, right up by the East Greenwich Library, does not currently have a wizard's tower up there. But I had to put my characters somewhere to live. So <laughs> That's a good rise, too. Yeah. That's a perfect place for yeah. a wizard's tower. <laughs> What's the plot of the book? So the idea of the story is that you have Mikey Merlin, whose father is a magician, descended from the line of Merlin. He wants his son to be a magician too, but there's other jobs that Mikey might want to do, which I did everything I could to avoid rhyming on that, but it just, it just flows <laughs> off the mouth so well, you know? And, uh, but as it turns out, his sister, so they go, to the, they go to a fire station, and he's there to learn, and he's very excited about the idea of what firefighters do and maybe as a career. 
His sister, on the other hand, is distracted because she's got more magical ability than he does. And she went for a business trip with her dad to the magical island of Avalon and came back with a souvenir, a baby dragon, which causes all sorts of chaos for, for the, uh, the firefighters. Um, this was initially when I was writing the podcast, this was going to be one of the stories for the podcast, but I just had such clear images in my head of what I wanted it to be that I held on to it. And, uh, I knew I wanted it to be a picture book. I just spent the last three years trying to become a better artist so I could draw it myself. And where can we buy a copy? So right now it's only available on Amazon. You can get up, uh, you can come and pick up one at the Warwick Library here, but I'm going to be slowly moving it out into local bookstores. This has been great, Peter. Thank you for dropping by the Warwick Radio Studios. It's been good to talk with you. Thank you so much, Will. And thank you for tuning in. Before I end this episode, I want to let you know that if there's someone from Warwick you'd like to hear on Warwick Radio, you can drop me a line at radio at warwicklibrary.org, and I'll try to get them on. I'll see you next time. You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island.